<clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> you, got, you, got, you got anything else you want to clear? Uh, anything else in that throat you need to get out? I'm good. Okay. It's you, me, and the SEC. It's Vanderbilt. It is. And you're choking already. I am. I'm just choked up talking about Vandy. What? When's the most emotional you've ever been thinking about Vanderbilt? Um, not... I can't think of a time I was emotional. You are a-emotional. <laughs> I am, I guess so. Yeah, there's not really many strong opinions that I have about Vanderbilt. Really, in any sport... I'm like, yeah, they're there. If you lose to them, it's never good. Except in baseball, right. where they're phenomenal. Uh, but everything else is like, well, it's tough. It's tough to stomach. Supposedly, oh no, I can't remember. They are like really, really good at this one sport. Wow. I, I love I to hear it. I can't remember. It's like bowling. It's like something like that. Okay. So I'll, I'll look it up again. Um, but yeah, anyways, that's all. I'm sorry. That was terrible. But I think we need to know what that sport is. I know. I don't know why I type like I'm on a 1980s typewriter, but I'll look it up. You keep telling me about Vanderbilt. Well, Vanderbilt, of course, is the, I don't know if black sheep of the SEC is the right phrase, but it's the wealthy black sheep. Very wealthy. Uh, but they're really the, it's the school that doesn't really fit. So, you, of course, you have all these land-grant universities. You have all these massive public schools. And Vanderbilt is a smaller private institution located in the heart of SEC country, Nashville. Uh, but it is fundamentally a different um, institution than the other 13 that are in the SEC. And with that brings a lot of challenges. And in some sports, uh, they are able to overcome those. Uh, I don't know if I want to say like high academic standards or challenges, but it's just part of the, it's part of the thing. Uh, but one sport where it's hard to overcome those challenges is football. That's right. So have you found out what sport they excel in? It's bowling. It is bowling. Yes, they won the national champion, the women's national championship in 2018. Well, congratulations to the Vanderbilt women's bowling team. That's right. Maybe we should have a podcast specifically tailored to that team. I think that'd be kind of weird. Why would that be weird? Um, I know nothing about bowling. Okay, tell me anything you and know about bowling right now. Twenty-year-old girls bowl is weird to me. But they're smart. If they're at Vanderbilt, that I don't think true. that matters at I all. Don't think it what does. do you know about bowling? Give me anything. Um, the bowling ball, and then there's some pins. You know right? the bowling ball. There's bowling ball. There's some pins. Um, How many pins? I are there? saw Alley Cat Strike, the Disney Channel original movie, circa 20, 2000, 1998, 2001. I don't know. 2000. Um, and at the end, 1998. <laughs> The finger in the bowling ball, and then he spun it. Ooh! And then would that like break your finger? No, I guess it. No, because I guess he wet it first. He wet it first. <laughs> sticking it. In Have his you mouth. forgotten how to talk? Like, do <laughs> you need he, some sort of intervention here? And no, I'm good. Okay. And you're then fine. he pushed the bowling ball down, and he won. He all the pins went down, and he won. So when the you, alley cats struck. So when you they did struck. 
So when you throw the ball, when you roll it, and you knock all the pins down, what's that called? A strike. I like that strike. Okay. When you get it in two rolls, what's that called? A spare. See, you know all these things. I do. What's a perfect score in bowling? I don't know that. I've never. Take a guess. I've never beat 100, so it's got to be over 100. It is over 100. I've never done over 100. It's uh, 300. 300? Yeah. Okay. And what has. What's the highest you've ever bowled? Uh, not relevant. Uh, what is when you roll three straight strikes? Um, oh, a hat trick. That is not. <laughs> do you just, when you like roll the third strike, do you just like tip your cap to the pins and be like, yep. thank you, sir. Yep. Well played. I figured, you know, um, you know, football, like uh, soccer is the equivalent to bat. Ba- uh, I can't talk. You really can't you. talk. You really cannot. Bowling. And yes, so we I are. They share terms with the hat trick. No, they don't. Okay. No, it's named after their bird. What is? Three strikes oh, in a row. Um, a turkey. Yes. There you go. I really wanted you to say something like a penguin. I know. You ostrich. tried to catch me, but you know what? I can pull things out of places. Okay, let's go on. <laughs> <laughs> let's just move on. All right, Vanderbilt. We got a lot to talk about Vanderbilt football. Vandy. We'll get to the Vanderbilt women's bowling team later. Uh, Vanderbilt football, it's usually depressing. Well, see, that's. I'm going to disagree with you here. Okay. Because I think you just have to reframe it differently so you're not depressed. Well, reframe it for me. So, so um, what is it? So, I think that, you know, Vanderbilt, you have, like, the what I think Vanderbilt prides himself on is being excellent at all the things. Like, we have a beautiful campus in Nashville, which is really cool now. And then we are play with the top elite D1 all sports we play them right. we play right. with them and then also we're really smart and all of our um, student athletes are also scholars are they scholars <laughs> they're scholars. even you could call them scholar athletes yeah. so I think that they look at this as more well-rounded not like how many kids can we get to the draft or how many national championships can we win isn't that a little depressing and condescending like to the Vanderbilt athletes to say, you're just here for a participation trophy. You're I not here not to try to that. win. I said that you are a well-rounded person. But you're saying they're not trying to win championships. I don't think they are. So you're the, so that's like not a goal for a Vanderbilt athlete is to like for a football. You're, you're, you're saying like you don't want to be a part of the team that wins the East. Let's just sit here and imagine if Vanderbilt this year I won know. the SEC East. I don't think Can that that's in their head. I think you'd forget how to talk again. When I go bowling, I don't play to like beat everyone in the bowling alley because I know I won't. Yeah. I just play. I'm just happy to be there. You just try to get in the get a triple digits. That's right. right. Yeah. So um, there's a there's a quote from uh, Arizona State's head coach, at least for now. Uh, Herman Edwards, who used to play or coach in the NFL, is the New York Jets coach for a while. And he had a press conference in which he responded to a reporter's question. And like an iconic quote from it was, you play to win the game. (laughs) And I just feel like you just told all of Vanderbilt's team that they're not doing that. They're just playing to be well-rounded. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, I think you play to win the game, but there's a difference in winning a game and then winning the championship. It's like that Butch Jones quote. 
the, they'll be the champions of life. Exactly. Is that what Vanderbilt's I do. doing? Maybe I think Butch so. Jones should coach at Vanderbilt because that's what they're doing is yeah. being the champions of Maybe. life. Maybe. So I don't know what qualifies a like for Vanderbilt. What's a good season? See, I think a good season is uh, six or seven wins. Right. Absolutely, absolutely. So when you look at it, then uh, they had half of their seasons in um, the 2010s ended in bowl games. That's right. So how many, that begs the question, if you take every SEC program and say, what's a good season for them? So for example, I'd say for Florida, I'd say it's a 10-win season, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, If you are Arkansas, seven wins, eight wins. Mm -hmm. You know, if you are Alabama, it's a national championship. Right. 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 So I wonder how many teams had more good seasons in the 2010s than Vanderbilt. That's that's a fair question. I mean, it really is, right? It's one of my better ones because I think, not to pat myself on the back or anything, I just did, because, you know, Alabama, I think, only won four national titles in the 2010s. Mm-hmm. So by our logic, I think Vanderbilt had a better decade than Alabama. Our, and that is the analysis that you're here for. <laughs> I don't know. Well, if I feel like if Vandy was so like we are doing really great, would they have had one, two, three, four different coaches over the last ten years? Well, you want to spread the success around. Okay, that's clearly what okay. you want to do. Uh, and they they really didn't have much success outside of one coach. But hey, listen, that's that's just what they're all about, right? Um, so it's it's worth saying and worth telling that at the end of the two thousands. Uh, Vanderbilt had actually come on to a, quite a bit of success uh, in the 2008 season. Uh, they started 5-0 and and were ranked, I think, 12th okay. and hosted College Game Day. Oh. And I believe that they played Auburn for that game. I may be wrong there. They started 5-0 and mm-hmm. uh, and they uh, had Game Day. And this is, again, Vanderbilt football, right? right. So this is pretty neat. Uh, the 2008 season. They lost that game, and they only won one game the rest of the season. Oh, wow. And that was against Kentucky. And that was a game I was at because I remember it was about 10 degrees outside. And it was not a very pleasant experience. Uh, But Vanderbilt went 6-6 and that year. And again, with that kind of expectation of, hey, good season for Vanderbilt, you're going to a bowl game because it's just – you're just recruiting, I think, a different ball game than uh, the rest of the the division of the rest of the conference. Mm-hmm. That's right. I'm sorry, I stopped listening a little bit. <laughs> so, what were you thinking about? What was on your mind? I think I was already looking ahead at some of the stuff that. Well, let's look. Well, let's look. Well, let's look ahead. <laughs> How do we start off? All right. So, 2010, you have. Um, their coach retires. Yeah, Bobby Johnson. Bobby Johnson, which I kept... By the I, way, that's a great Southern football coach name, is it not? Well, like, I kept being like, oh, Bobby Johnson. I know who that is. And then I looked him up and I was like, I have no idea who he is. <laughs> so it's kind of a like... A, he he came from Furman. Right. Which, of course, is F-U. Right. Um, but he doesn't have a really an F-U face. No. Like he, he's very I thought like, bland he was looking. at... I think I was getting him mixed up with... Who's the guy that was at Georgia Tech? 
Oh, Paul Johnson. Paul Johnson. Yeah. And in their statements, their stadium is called Bobby Dodd. Bobby Dodd. And so I was like, I think that's who I was trying Bobby to Bobby Johnson make. was just pulled the essence from Georgia Tech's <laughs> triple option I attack. I think I was trying to to make that who that was. But, but he was he was there for a while. Oh, too. And, uh, yeah, for a lot. And again, if you're Vanderbilt, if you're a coach there, like, I mean, if you like go to like five straight bowl games, let's say, they're going to build a statue of you. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, if you get that six win mark, and, you know, Bobby Johnson didn't win, you know, have that those many great seasons. But somebody was there long enough, and really the pressure I don't think is on. That's what makes what James Franklin's going to do so so impressive. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Bobby Johnson retires in July. I know. Right? What do you think about that? That's tough, right? I mean, it's that's where we are right now. It's imagining, like, Nick Saban retired tomorrow, which yeah. I think we know what SEC media days would be about then. Um, okay, so you're telling me that under Bobby Johnson they they were – they were decent. Well, they had one good year that I just okay. talked about. So just that one good year that you're talking about. <laughs> so what, did they, they, what did they well, do? Well, I thought that meant that they went to a bowl or two. Yeah. And they went to just one bowl, and it was the Music City Bowl. So they only went to one bowl game the entire time he was there? Yeah. See, that kind of tells you about the expectations, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, his record was not that good. Right. It was just that one, and that one uh, season was seven and six. Yeah, I know. They beat Kentucky, and that's only, and I think they won their bowl game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but just to, it just shows you how the expectations are so different. Yeah, I think it's I've never heard of a, a coach retiring or leaving in July. Yeah. I mean, if you know, you know. We talked about Spurrier last time, and maybe that would have been the wiser thing to do. You don't want to go in there half-hearted. I don't know. I feel like July is too late. Like, I feel like, yeah. I mean, that's the same as leaving in October. Guess practice doesn't start until August. So... But in terms but they of have spring practices, right? Yeah, sure. But practice for the fall hasn't oh, started okay. yet. They take the summer off. Yeah. Okay. Um, but um, recruiting is not great. But again, yeah. you're Vandy. I mean, it's not great. Yeah. But anyway, Robbie Caldwell, who is currently the offensive line coach at Clemson. Oh, okay. Uh, he is the interim coach and for one year, and it goes about as well as you'd expect. Uh, Vandy goes two and ten. Their wins are over Eastern Michigan and their uh, crossover rival, uh, which is Ole Miss. Uh, so two and ten had a close loss to start the year to Northwestern in the Smart Bowl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I think we can get it. Get so it. they used to play every year. You didn't laugh at me. No, yeah. wasn't that funny? So they used to play every year because they were the only private institution. They are the only private institution in the SEC, and Northwestern is the only private institution in the Big Ten. The Big Ten. That's cool. So they were like, "Hey, friend. Hey, buddy. Like, let's let's go get lunch every year." But then um, I think under. James Franklin. Yeah, so that's they who they stopped playing. Yeah, and Northwestern took offense to that. They Ooh. got like a formal letter, and it was Ooh. like, "We are breaking up with you because we have to make room for Missouri." And because this was yeah, when Missouri extra, came in, so extra. they were like, "We we can't." Well, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, that's what Northwestern said. Yeah. They were like, "This sounds like an excuse. We just think that you don't want to play us anymore. You're well, embarrassed to be my friend." Yeah, I mean, Northwestern does walk around the the purple, which I don't know I if that's that, a thing. I think that technically but... is called, the Northwestern was called Battle of the Nerds. Is was it really? It. Yeah. Well, if you had to have a tournament of the nerds, mm-hmm. you'd throw Vanderbilt, Northwestern. Who else are you inviting? Um, I got two others in okay, my mind, but what ahead. do you got? I don't know. I'm bringing Duke. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Duke. And I'm bringing, and I'm bringing Stanford. Oh, yeah, okay. So Stanford, Duke, Northwestern. 
That's and good. Vanderbilt. I don't know. Is there a is there a smart school in the Big Twelve? I don't think so. Oh. Baylor. Yeah, no. yeah. I was trying to put like some of the military schools in there, but that's not uh, that's not academics. That's just a different type of school. It is. It's a different. Well, I'm thinking, you know, like they just are. Anyways, the right. approach is different. Sure. Um, so yeah, they lose to Northwestern in their first game, uh, close game, 23-21. So Caldwell's out, interim coach. You hired James Franklin, who was the. Um, so we're in 2011. Right. Yeah. So he was the offensive coordinator at Maryland. Um, he was coach in waiting. At, at Maryland? Maryland. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that was the the. Case from Muschamp, too, at Texas. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of coaching waiting. Well, this is a term I'm just now learning about. Yeah. As you know, I'm, I think of it as lady in waiting. So I think they look like the hen that waits on <laughs> Maid Robin Mar- Hood. <laughs> <laughs> Maid Marian. Under, so imagine, underrated Disney character, know, by the way. Right? She is this. I need a gritty origin story about her. <laughs> like, where's Disney on that? I know. That Sweet. scene, though, with her. Uh, I think it's Hail to the Victors. At the, I, I, no, it's a USC's fight song. It in that scene where they're playing badminton, mm-hmm. and it's her just like running over people. Like that's Disney at its peak for me. Yeah, I love it. It's a good movie. Uh, James Franklin is not that chicken or hen. Is it hen? hen? I, think I guess it's a it's hen. Uh, but what he does is he goes to a bowl game in his first year. I know. So he starts off really strong. I don't know. What do you like? What are your thoughts about James Franklin? Like, what do you like? I, he, he's, he's fine. Okay. I don't have a problem with him. Uh, he has been um, known sometimes to be not the best, like, in game manager of, like, okay. game situations. Um, He's also sometimes one of those to be like, oh, you know, make some sort of like corny comment or excuse that you're like that guy. Mm-hmm. I don't have much of a problem with him. I um, visually forget what he looks like. I know who he looks like. I could tell you. Who do you think? Keegan Michael Key. Okay, I that's could who see I, that. I envision him as. And then I look at him like that's not Keegan Michael. He almost to me, he looks like uh, Lin Manuel Miranda. Those are two completely different people. But he does. Well, this he picture, does. the picture that I'm looking at, he's wearing sunglasses and is like in motion. Okay, let me see. And yeah, that uh, that doesn't really line up to what I just said. No, uh, for some not. reason, he does to me. He reminds me of Lemuel. Oh, so he's from Pennsylvania, so that'll kind of make sense about where he heads after this. Yeah, for sure. Um. Okay. So yeah, he his first season is really awesome. He goes to a bowl. Uh, Liberty Bowl uh, beats, or they lose to Cincinnati. And did you know that they had only been to bowls four previous seasons? So that was their fifth bowl of all time. Of all time. Wow. So, I mean, that's like welcome to the elite club, Mr. Franklin. I know. know? No kidding. The Liberty Bowl, Memphis, rise up. (laughs) Right, right. Do they rise up in Memphis? I don't know. Anyway, uh, but then, so, but think about this context wise 2 and 10 team. They had been to what one bowl over the last ten years, four in their whole program, and for him to come in the first year, go six and six, uh, win two SEC games, nearly beat Florida and Georgia mm-hmm. in their first year, uh, Georgia winning the division that year, 
it's a phenomenal accomplishment. And this is momentum because you got a young coach, got a lot of energy, looking to prove himself, knowing that he, when he gets his chance to go, he's going to go somewhere else. He's not going to stay at Vanderbilt. That's just not going to happen. Well, he starts off so strong. So that's why I was asking you, like, what your thoughts were about him. I didn't know if he had, like, a really – some. I feel like some coaches are really good at coming in and changing the culture. And yeah. so I didn't know if he had like a really strong personality that come, came I've, in and changed it so fast. I've always thought of him as being very high energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that might be certainly part of it. Yeah. Uh, but he's, I mean, and he's had success. Listen, Penn State, when he, Penn State, when he got there, like right. they'd gone through some things, right? right? I mean, it was. And Nobody wanted that job. No, no, and uh, he didn't come in after Paterno. There was Bill O'Brien, right, who's right. at Alabama now, the offensive coordinator. He was there for a year or two uh, in the interim, and then he went to the NFL. But, no, he's gone there, and Penn State is a top 15 program. Mm-hmm. Again, you, they're going to be there, and you would not have, like, assumed that mm-hmm. at the time. But he's got to prove himself at Vandy before he gets that job. And we get to 2012. Right, so 2012. You know what? You know, we've been doing this for – what eight or nine forever forever gosh (laughs) i feel like we've done everybody but then i think of all the people we haven't done um and this is this just i think was some crazy time for all the sec schools 2012 2013 it really was i mean there was like like everyone what was was up was now down except for alabama of course right but it was just a strange time it was so 2012 was kind of a it was honestly a record-breaking year for them oh yeah they broke a whole bunch of records for themselves. Yeah. Um, so they became bowl eligible back to back for the first time in history, in their football history. Um, it was the first time since 1935 that Vandy won five SEC games in a year. Right. So they went five and three in the SEC. That's that year. phenomenal. It yeah. is. It mm-hmm. is. They won the last seven games in a row. I, that stat for me said it all. I mean, it started one and three. And then they win eight of their last nine. Mm-hmm. And this is Vanderbilt we're talking right. about. They beat Tennessee 41-18. to They beat Auburn 17-13. Uh, a touchdown pass in the last minute to beat Ole Miss. This is a dream schedule. They beat Kentucky 40 to nothing. Right. I was about to say, none of these teams were ranked that they beat that right, year. But, they're, but they're, so it was a good schedule. But, but what, still, they did, those... what they did in 2012 is what Kentucky has been the last couple of years. Right. Is that you, they beat who they're supposed to and lose who they're supposed to. Right? Mm-hmm. There's no, like, Titanic upsets there. But they are, like, they're filling the gap of that third and fourth best team. And this is a time period, 2012. Georgia wins the division, but South Carolina is 11-2. and two, um, And Bandy is putting themselves right there in the discussion Mm -hmm. in a way that they never have done before. And this was, you know, when we talked about Alabama, I think is when we mentioned this, that, you know, in the earlier part of the decade, we have some high scoring games. Yeah. You know, like if you look at all of these scores, I mean, you're getting in the most of them are 40s, 50s. Yeah. Up in the 40s and 50s. And um, actually, no, we said the opposite, didn't we? Right, right. Yeah, no, I was thinking I was well, no, I was like, where are you going with this? I know. Wait, I was giving so, you space. Okay, thank you for to process this. So we said earlier that all the defense. the de- this was the defense right. defensive time, but Vanderbilt was not playing that way. Well, I think Vanderbilt also was on like when we talk about that defense, that is like the elite defenses. Okay. So I think Vanderbilt is playing that second. They were nine and four, but they weren't gonna beat. So this was not like a strategy. I don't think so. Okay. Well, you know who their quarterback was, I think, during this time. Um, No, I don't. Well, it was that bachelor boy, Jordan Rogers. Oh, really? Yeah. 
In 2012? I mean, he was in there somewhere. I don't know if he was oh, that early. I think he's like, Is he later? I, I think he's earlier. Oh, he's not He's not earlier. Here, look that up. Okay, I'll look that up. Uh, they also win the uh, Music City Bowl. So they win the hometown bowl against NC State. So just a dream season. And if you're a Vanderbilt fan, if such as they exist, it's this is, I mean, you don't even know how to process. Like this is dreamland right. is where they are at. And they go out 2013 next year and they do the exact same thing. They go nine and four again, and this time they get like they get big wins, and they once again they win eight of their last ten. So he was there in twenty eleven and twenty twelve. Okay, well there so, you yeah. go. Yeah, but twenty thirteen they again start one and two, then win eight of their last ten, including their last five, and they beat in one year the triumvirate in the SEC East: Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. In the same year. That's crazy. That's unbelievably awesome for Vanderbilt to achieve. Um, it also be Houston in the bowl game. And, like, they have risen to be here. They're, they're solid mid-table SEC East program right, so this is by 2013. Right. I mean, this is three years of bowls, like you said. Like, I mean, this they end the season ranked number 24. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, it's amazing. It's two straight years. I think 2012 they ended ranked as well. So, uh, it's it's just good times in Nashville all around. And then James Franklin does, which no one really could fault him to do. He's going back to his home state, and he's taking over Penn State. And that leaves Vanderbilt in a position where I feel like they would have expected themselves to be. Yeah, and, you know, and doing some research, like, about what what else was going on at Vanderbilt at the time, I was reminded of this hor- of a horrible rape case that happened with a couple of the Vanderbilt football players at the. I mean, it was in August, so it was right before the season, and I can't help but think that that had a huge effect on not only the football team but also James Franklin as the leader because he got called in to testify. Um, there was a lot of accusations around of what he knew and what he told his players and all of this stuff. And I think in like late, like in December or like at, at the end of the season, he had to go in and testify. Um, and I think I can't I can't imagine that that did not have an influence on him leaving the city because that uh, case went on for five years to finally get resolved. And it was just really horrible in all, in all manner of, you know, for, for everyone involved, it was really horrible. So, um, you know, so you have that that is ongoing and you have him leave that's going to impact the program. I think that that, and I don't, do they go on probation? I don't, I don't, Mm-mm. that would not be an no, NCAA, NCAA thing. No, is not. No, that's not. Any, a, it's all criminal. Right. So that wouldn't be a, a part of that. But it is kind of a, a, a cloud that yeah. it takes a while to, to and clear. And this was one of those cases. It reminded me of like the Duke lacrosse case or the Stanford swim case, Stanford, Stanford, mm-hmm. Stanford swim case, you know, where uh, the, there was a, a bigger conversation going on about college athletes and um, uh, not elitism, but, you know. Well, and also in three very privileged and elite schools. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it was a, a bigger, um, not bigger, but it was 
like you said, it was a big cloud that did yeah. not go away. And I think it's important to say, like, for, for the Stanford and Duke cases, those were completely different and in different contexts, context facts and how those developed. But I think it did, it, it, it all fell into that same umbrella. And, uh, I think that that would serve more to kind of hurt the program going forward than mm-hmm. it would on Franklin. It's kind of, and this is where I, you know, would, it would benefit me to go back and kind of think about that because I don't know if there was any pushback, you know, obviously what happened at Penn State, that's another th- topic for another day for sure. Mm-hmm. But the history of that, for them to be hiring Franklin, right. I, I wonder if there was any kind of noise about that. Well, I think that. there was. What I read was that um, uh, James Franklin went through a, a very intense vetting process to get that Penn State job. Yeah, uh, I mean, for sure they would, <laughs> they right. would definitely want and to do that. And they said, like, and they compared it to kind of, like, what he had gone through in this case so far, too, and they were like, he can handle this because yeah. he has handled dealing with these kids on his team. Yeah, so and he he's going to go on and have a lot of success at Penn State. Uh, he's still there. Absolutely, still there. Um, I mean, it kind of feels like like well. you know, like he he like ran off with his mistress. Like you always knew he's going to like he's from Pennsylvania, so it makes sense that he's going. And maybe it's nice that they're still together. Yeah, <laughs> you know, if he's going <laughs> to leave you. You don't want him to go and like it's get fired. Not like, it's not like it's Lane Kiffin. You're going to go to exactly. USC for yeah, like that's two what I was years thinking. and jump around. Yeah. No, and I think if you're a Vanderbilt fan, I think you recognize that he gave you uh, on the field three phenomenal years, two bowl victories, wins over Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, um, a lot of excitement and relevance. College game day, I mean, this you really – no, game day was before. But there's really like – I don't think there's much more that you could ask uh, from him to to stay because, you know, Vandy can only just take you so far. Right. And I think that if you're Vanderbilt, you kind of have to operate under the hope that you're hiring these up-and-coming coordinators and that you strike gold and just hope three or four years down the road they go on to somewhere bigger. And so they hire, uh, to replace Franklin, they hired Derek Mason, mm-hmm. who was the um, defensive coordinator from Stanford. And I remember at the time that I thought this was a really good hire because Stanford uh, in the early 2000s, was re- or early 2010s, was known as just a defensive powerhouse uh, out west. Uh, that's a team that you're not going to score on very easily. And I thought Mason... Um, would be a good representative uh, of the kind of to establish if Franklin was more offensive minded, you want to kind of maybe make sure that core defense was still there for Vanderbilt. Maybe your momentum offensively would continue on. It also is worth noting that Mason is a black coach mm-hmm. and to give uh, Vanderbilt, which of course would have the perception of a more elitist university uh, to give uh, one of the, two or three leading athletic faces in the uh, in the university uh, to be a black man it cannot be understated as being important as well right I think he was the one like the fifth one in the SEC sure yeah the, the I'm trying to think what the others Sylvester Croom was number mm-hmm. one 
Joker, Phillips at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Who would be the others? James Franklin. Well, James Franklin. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And then I can't remember so let, yeah, else. let me just take everything I said for Derek Mason and put it also with James Franklin. <laughs> yeah, but I think I mean that's it's still to be said. You got two back to back African American yes, coaches. Yes, absolutely. Really great. Um, so yeah, so he starts off 2014, it's kind of heavy, right? It's not, not good. But it's not good. <laughs> not looking good. One as a zero, zero SEC games. What's that? As a zero? Uh, a zero. <laughs> a zero SEC games. Well, really, let's start with the opener. So they open up against Temple. If you ask me, if you said, Brittany, I'm going to pay you $100 to tell me where Temple is in the country. Mm-hmm. If you asked me, said, Brittany, I will pay you $100 and told me what region of the country Temple is in. Yeah, sure. I don't know if I could tell you. What do you know? Do you, did no, you look it up? Uh-uh. Okay, well, let's play this game. Okay. So, Brittany, what region of the country is Temple in? Let's my, start there. Okay. My gut, because I go by my gut, of I'm going to say Maryland. Okay. Is that right? You're in the region. <gasps> okay, I'm in the region. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, north, south, east, west. I wouldn't call Maryland a region of the country. <laughs> well, I, I would don't call know Maryland. What you call that. It's not northeast. That's a region. I say it's not. Maryland's not northeast. Maryland oh, I see what you're saying. So, like mid Atlantic. Okay, mid. Excuse me, mid Atlantic. Geography, get with it. Um. So yeah, I would say mid Atlantic. Yeah. Mid Atlantic. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So is that the right region? Yes. Okay. Ish. Oh, jeez, Pennsylvania. Yes. Is that right? That's right. State. Okay. Am I going further? I only know two you, cities in Pennsylvania. Well, give me one of the two. Pittsburgh oh. or Philadelphia. What's your answer? Philadelphia. That is correct. I thought when you said Pittsburgh at first, I thought you meant that that was your guess. I know. I, I was going to express that's disappointment. Why I said, that's why I said <laughs> so Philadelphia because you Temple, didn't give me that. Temple is well known. So Temple had a great basketball coach. His name was John Chaney. Mm-hmm. He was a, a great character. It sounds like a um, political... That would be Dick Cheney. Okay. Uh, no, John Cheney, he was a great character. And he, in the 90s, uh, with Temple, were they were in the, I believe it was the Atlantic 10 Conference. Mm-hmm. And one of their, the, probably the primary rival in the Atlantic 10 was Massachusetts, okay. UMass, who was coached at that point by... John Calipari. John Calipari. And there was one press conference that Calipari was giving that John Cheney interrupted... And came in and basically like charged at him and said, I'm going to kill you. Oh, my gosh. It was amazing. Oh it was gosh. absolutely amazing. That's kind of drama we need at yeah. SEC Media Days next week. That's right. Yes. <laughs> and they ended like they're very good friends. And John Cheney passed away over the last year, I believe. Oh, wow. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Temple. Okay. Can I, um, I want to tell you some um, notable alumni just because when I Googled them, this popped up. Bob Saget. <laughs> oh, Bob Saget. Um, Hall and Oates. Okay, everyone in Hall and Oates or John Oates and Daryl Hall. Both of them. I'm guessing Temple? that's Hall and Oates. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Uh, Diplo. What is a Diplo? I don't know. But he looks hip. Let me see. Oh, he's hip. Okay. Diplo. He's one of the hips. Oh, oh, he's had some some stuff happen. Oh no! When I just pressed on his name, oh, I think he's guy. in trouble. Oh. oh, he was in Pokemon Detective Pikachu. <laughs> I think he's a singer. 
Oh, yeah. but his name is Thomas Wesley Pence. Well, okay. He's an American DJ, songwriter, and record producer. Okay, fine. I'm sorry. I think we just lost like probably 10 like Gen Z listeners. I'm sorry. <laughs> but <laughs> They're dropping like flies. I know. Okay, anyways. I think we, I just went way too far down the Temple rabbit hole. You did. Um, but they open up against Temple and it is the worst opening game in Vanderbilt history. <laughs> what is that like by... By margin of defeat, or I think so. Thirty and maybe, yeah. I actually don't know what that is by, but thirty-seven to seven loss in Nashville. Yeah, not great, and it doesn't really get better. They go winless in the SEC, and then the next season, two thousand fifteen, they go four and eight. Doesn't really improve much. They do get two SEC wins mm-hmm. uh, against Missouri and Kentucky mm-hmm. uh, in two thousand fifteen. So uh, progress, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but you come to 2016 and yeah, Bobby Johnson, the two thousands made it like 10 years with going to one bowl game. Apparently, um, I just don't think like, and as time goes on, if you're Vanderbilt, I don't know if you can, um, I don't know if you can do that again Yeah. because I think you want to give at least the illusion that you're trying to be successful. Uh, and like just having four and eight five and seven seasons consistently. I don't know if that's going to do it. So you got to get to a bowl game. Uh, and 2016, they do it. That's right. So uh, they go six and seven, and they have some key wins. They do. They beat Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, they beat Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. How'd that go? Mm-hmm. Was that when we were – no, that was 2013 was when we were in the Smoky Mountains when Vanderbilt beat Georgia. Yes. Yeah, I do. You remember that? that? Yep. Good yep. times. Not for you. Not, or anybody that you were with. That's true. Uh, and they also, and this is what was fun for Vanderbilt, they beat Tennessee. That's right. 24th ranked Tennessee. And I believe they have to win that game to go to a bowl. Mm-hmm. And they get it done. And I think for Derek Mason, year three, what pressure, right? Right. But to win that game, to be able to go to a bowl that they did not perform well in. But they got to that bowl game, lost to NC State. It's um, who they seem like they play in a bowl like every time they go but anyway uh it's progress right right so you're you're back in the bowl status right like we're making bowls yep um so 2017 um you i think this is the one where they start off by losing their first three games actually they win their first oh three they games. win <laughs> i'm sorry that's green not red yeah yeah they start off by winning their first three games and they my my favorite thing, and I remember this vividly, they beat Kansas State. It was like 14th in the country. Mm-hmm. And they beat them in Nashville. And there were, <laughs> they play, they're supposed to play, at, at, well, they're not supposed to do. They play Alabama the next week. Right. And there were some Vanderbilt players and fans who were like, they started 3-0. and And they were like, we want Bama. <laughs> like, we have a, a chance. And we think that we're going to, like, have a chance to play with them. We beat Kansas State. Yeah. Um, sweet. Yeah, sweet is right. <laughs> and uh, Bama comes to town. And you know, like, all 12 fans who were there for to cheer on Vanderbilt because the whole stadium's Alabama fans. Mm-hmm. And you know all the Vandy fans are like, we got this. We want Bama. And then what does it end up? What's the score? The final score? 59 to 0. 59 to 0. And that, and that starts a just tumble of loss. And they lose the next six A tumble games. of loss. A tumble of loss. Um, and they lose the next six games. But they do beat Tennessee at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not to get to a bowl. We'll end 5 and 7. They must play Western a lot. Yeah, they play Western Kentucky, right? Is that what you, yeah, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Western Kentucky. Yeah, and they, I guess that's only like an hour away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. Right. Um, they're a little 
I guess a little cross cross the border rival. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they beat Tennessee again. Yes. So I feel like that's like okay, well, we might have we might have made mistakes, but we beat Tennessee. So keep me as your coach. Yeah, and I think if you're, I mean, you win what two straight games now against Tennessee. Yeah, but that's the only SEC team they won. They beat that year. Yeah. So. So not looking great, and then you go to twenty eighteen. But you know, not looking great, you still go five and seven. Yeah, I guess so. But it's not. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. Yeah, it's not it. like you're bottoming out. That's true. Uh, so the next season, I, I think it would be important to go back to a bowl game. Mm-hmm. You know, in twenty eighteen, you want to make sure and, and get that momentum back. And they they do. They actually start this season. They almost beat Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Uh, low scoring game. I think they lose something weird. It's like seventeen twelve or something like that. Um, Are we in 2017? 2018. We're in 2018. Uh, and Notre Dame. What's that? Oh, there's Notre Dame. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Um, and they they win, and and this is where again pretty exciting um, finale here that they win three of the last four in conference to get bowl eligible mm-hmm. to get to that six win mark. Mm-hmm. They beat Arkansas and then Ole Miss, and then they beat Tennessee again. Like yeah. winning that Tennessee game at the end to get bowl eligible. And beating now Tennessee three years in a row, mm-hmm. right? So uh, they end up losing to Baylor in a very exciting bowl game. They give up a fifty-two yard touchdown pass in the last two minutes. Um, but this is like Derek Mason's finding now. It's not Franklin, but he's finding himself a nice little zone here. Right. Five and seven, six and six. Like if you're a Vandy fan, you take that, right? It's basically saying you're winning three out of your four conference game or non-conference, and then you're winning two or three conference games a year. Mm-hmm. Like, you take that in a heartbeat. Okay. And I think that's where they were at. Okay. So how is this going to end up for them? Let's see. Let's go to 2019. Right? Mm-hmm. Because, uh, wait, are, did we do 2018? We just did. That was 2018. Okay. So, 20, yeah. So going to 2019. Um. It was not good. <laughs> I don't know. Well, the momentum. It. So that that's the thing is, like you so this five is and sixth seven year, sixth year, right? Uh, Derek yes, Mason's yeah, and sixth year. you have the momentum. You've you've won at least five games for three years in a row, and you haven't. And importantly, you really haven't gone down outside of like from six wins to five wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, but twenty nineteen, there were there were problems, right? And um the cracks started to show and they, they do beat Missouri mm-hmm. who had started five and one mm-hmm. uh, and was ranked at the time. They also lost to UNLV by 24 points. Yeah. Um, and then really are not competitive in yeah. conference. And now you're, you're going to start seeing like, well, you know, and this is where I think if you are old Vanderbilt, the two thousands, you're like, you know what? We could probably take like two or three years of three or four wins. Mm-hmm. That's fine. We've got a, a coach who has gotten us to two bowl games uh, in his first five years, and, and we have seen improvement. But as we're going to see, uh, the realities of COVID and the scheduling um, changes are going to put Vanderbilt in a tough spot. Right. Uh, and we'll get to that when we talk about 2020 mm-hmm. here in a few minutes. That's right. So you kind of end the decade on a low note, uh, kind of like how you started. The 2010 was two and eight season, 2019, three and nine season. So not much better. Right. Um, so who do you, what do you have as your best moment? Best moment is probably uh, beating Tennessee mm-hmm. 
in 2016 to get bowl eligible. I think for the context of the program, I think that was important to show that they could uh, still compete and be successful post Franklin. Mm-hmm. And I think that win gets them, obviously gets them bowl eligible and it's also their, you know, in-state rival. Uh, and it's big for Derek Mason because I think if they lose that game, I mean, there's three game, three seasons with no bowls, whereas James Franklin, three seasons, three bowls. So, right. Uh, that's, I think, the best moment. Also, maybe with the win that went over Georgia, who's ranked 15th at yeah. the time in 2013. Right, yeah. Um, I had um, hiring James Franklin. Yes. That's the best thing they did. Oh, yeah. Um, I know that they wish he had stayed longer. I wish he had stayed longer. That would have been super spicy in SEC East country. Uh, but also, as a second one to that, I'm going to put Sarah Fuller. Yes. Yes, so and the, and that happened, which that's kind of a preview. Coming in, tw- in 2020. In 2020, um, that they had a Vanderbilt soccer player come and play and be the first female to play in an NCAA football game. Division one, Division one college football, college football, game. College football. She um, uh, did the kickoff for the Missouri game. Right, and uh, would I think in their second game, whoever they played second, uh, kicked two extra points. Um so just foundationally a great accomplishment. Um, just cool. And I, I think, think. For, yeah, for sure. And I think for Vanderbilt, uh, probably the, the one highlight from the 2020 season. Right. As we'll talk about. So worst moment. I would say James Franklin leaving for Penn State. Here's the thing about Vandy. Like you're used, like the worst moment is like your existence. Mm-hmm. So I can't really say like unless you – Unless you would lose a season finale to not go to a bowl game, mm-hmm. that would suck. Uh, maybe that Alabama loss, like that, kind of like shoves you back in your place. But I, I don't think like you really can say, "Oh, they lost that game." That's like their worst moment. They lose so much. Right. So I think for them, just the direction of the program, I think James Franklin leaving uh, was the worst. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. But I also is well, I've had like the whole twenty twenty season because you're right. It's hard to pick one game because wins and losses are. I, I mean, I know this game is about wins and losses, but for Vandy, you just have to look at it a little bit differently. And I have the whole 2020 season, but also that 2014 losing to Temple in the opening. That was kind of the, um, that was as Derek Mason's like first, first, you know, game in this, in the stadium. I think that that was, yeah, it's the realization harsh reality of yeah. James, even Franklin though you're not your, yeah, even though Franklin's best teams did not start the season out. Well, maybe that's some parallels, some Vanderbilt fans made, but it clearly did not improve as the season went along. Right. So, uh, rival, who do you think? You know what? I noticed a lot of Ole Miss and I know well, that's, that's their, their, yeah, that's their cross, yeah. uh, rival. And they had a lot of, they beat Ole Miss a lot. Yeah. They had some exciting games. And Ole Miss was like, we've talked about was not bad. I think for all, the whole decade, I think so. for Vanderbilt, I think if they can get, that's kind of one of their scheduling, uh, you, so much is determined sometimes with the schedule. If they can get a bad Ole Miss team, that helps them so much more. Right. You know, because now they have a chance to get an extra win to get towards six. Mm-hmm. You know, and if Ole Miss, and you look at the early part of the decade, uh, back in the Houston Nut days, uh, they were getting that win. Mm-hmm. And then once Hugh Freeze shows up, that win starts to disappear. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Ole Miss, good call there, I think. What about you? It's Tennessee. It's got to be Tennessee. Here's the thing. From 1976 to 2012, Vanderbilt beats... Tennessee two times. Wow. Two times. 
And since 2012, and if we look at it just in the decade, uh, 2010 to 19, they go five and five against Tennessee. So I think that's an indictment on Tennessee, first of all. But it's also showing you the Vandy is competitive and they get up for that game. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a as a Kentucky fan, we've beaten Tennessee two times since 1984. Mm-hmm. And I think it was one of those things we saw Vanderbilt. They, they won, like we said, they had a game where they won at Georgia. Uh, they had that year they beat Georgia, Tennessee, and Florida. Like, they, these wins can happen. And they get Tennessee five out of ten times. They won three in a row for 2016 to 2018. That's the Derek Mason years. That's not even Franklin. Mm-hmm. And they won three in a row. They won twice in Knoxville during the period. I think that you could say, obviously, Tennessee's not going to say Vanderbilt's their top rival. We didn't say that ourselves. Right. But if you look at, like, the most even performance against the team, for Tennessee in the 2010s, it might be Vandy because I ain't beating Georgia, Florida, right. Alabama. Um, you'd have to look at what they're doing against South Carolina maybe. Uh, but, yeah, the Vandy-Tennessee game is always sneaky good, mm-hmm. and Vandy has won several of those over the last decade. And I think for Vanderbilt, like if I'm a Vanderbilt fan, that's where I'm hanging my hat because mm-hmm. you get punched by Tennessee a lot in their fan base. Mm-hmm. But you say, hey, last 10 years, you know. We're doing just as well as you are. Right. At least yeah. on the field in that game. And, you know, you can. I think you can put a secondary of, of Kentucky just because, um, you know, both of them are – they kind of are usually next to each other in the in the rankings. Well, traditionally, it's Kentucky and Vandy at the bottom. Right. It, and yeah. so it's like I feel like they're at the, the bottom pushing each other down yeah. to try to get up. So and I feel I, like you could give them an honorary mention yeah, as a rival. And, and, again, a tough for the Derek Mason years, uh, Kentucky's been better. Right. So I don't think Vandy's beaten Kentucky since 2015. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's certainly uh, a win that to help you get towards six that you would like to to have happen. Right. So we talked about uh, kind of hinted that 2020 did not go well for them. It so went- as a reminder, this was a COVID year and they only played um, SEC schools. So it was just a 10 game season. And they didn't even get to play 10. They Their uh, game against Georgia was never made up. Right. And then they did not go to a bowl game either. I don't think. No. I mean, they didn't win a game. Yeah, but everybody could go to a bowl. Right? I don't think so. Not if you're Owen. <laughs> There's only the SEC only has so many spots. Oh, yeah, I guess that's right. So, yeah, they weren't invited. And I don't think they would have accepted because the middle of the year after, I believe, the Missouri game, maybe before the Missouri game. I think it was uh, after the Missouri game. Derek Mason's fired. Right. So. Which, that's not the middle of the year. That was almost the end yeah, of the season. Yeah, near the end. That's true. Um, Their best game, honestly, was the first one where they almost beat Texas A&M. I know. So, imagine what could, what maybe if they, I don't know if we really have looked if they work on momentum, but that could have really changed things because they were not close in any of the other games, like the A&M game, and they were close at the Kentucky game. And that was kind of a sneaky score because they were down by like 21 in the fourth quarter, and mm-hmm. K- the Kentucky football did a Kentucky football and almost screwed up. But, uh, but you know, like was South Carolina, a down South Carolina, yeah. they lost 41-7. to Missouri, a down Missouri, they lost 41 to nothing. Right. I mean, these are not like, hey, we're we're this could be a seven win season if then, it wasn't for COVID. And a Tennessee team that you know is on their way to firing Jeremy Pruitt, they lose forty two seventeen. So right. it this is just like all systems crash for Vanderbilt. But honestly, if you're going to pick a year for that to happen, 
you, sure. you pick last year because it's just I do like Derek Mason though I hope good things for him well he's now on the golden plains I know maybe not like professionally <laughs> next year <laughs> but personally I hope he has a lovely year <laughs> I do um so uh 2021 uh Vanderbilt new coach Clark Lee mm-hmm. what do you know about Clark Lee um he, I know a couple things because I looked him up but pre- previous well, to that I know nothing well tell me um so he comes from Notre Dame which I find interesting because yeah. I think Notre Dame has some Vandy vibes like they kind of kinda vibe there. they kind of vibe together better at football um yes significantly <laughs> better at football so that might be kind of good but to bring that culture, in, that yeah. culture in. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, um, when he was in college, he played baseball. Oh, and where did he go to college? Belmont. Oh, I thought he went to Vandy. And then he switched to Vandy Interesting. and played football. Well, how about that? So he is a world-class he's athlete. All about, he's all about, well, I don't know about world-class, <laughs> at least Nashville class. Right. I mean, if you've got to play two colleges, two different sports, that's a very cool story. I know. I think he was a fullback. At, that sounds uh, right. At, at Vandy. What do you know about the fullback position in football? Um, wolf. I don't know. I well, that's know. like the big beefy guy who, who lines up right behind the quarterback and blocks all the... Is he a beefy guy? I don't know if he is or not. He's, Let me he's, look him up. Yeah, look up then. He doesn't guy. have a... He is not a beefy guy. Maybe he was. Maybe back in the day. But he looks... I mean... He's a little older than I am. Yeah. He's bald. Yeah, there he is. He Coach wasn't bald UCLA there. Oh, Yeah. About that. But he looks, he kind of looks, I mean, does Let's he look, look like James tennis. Franklin? No. <laughs> what are you thinking? I need to look up <laughs> James Franklin again. <laughs> again, James Franklin to me looks like Lin-Manuel Miranda. Uh, is it just the goatee? I don't know. He just does. See, and I think he looks like, look at this picture. And then look at this picture. Those... I mean, I think it's because they're both they, bald. They isn't could it? be brothers, not. <laughs> I All think right. it's just because they're both bald. So, Anyways, I'm sure that was great content that y'all yeah, could not see these pictures. That really, we're at. really quick. 2021. Uh, you know, if you're Vandy, like, I mean, if you get to six wins, I mean, build a statue. Four of their first five games are at home. Three non-conference games. I know one of those is Stanford. So the smart bowl. Um. I mean, it's theoretical. If you look at that schedule, they could start 4-1. and one. They play Georgia in that stretch. Um, mm-hmm. But UConn is awful. Okay. Uh, they should be DTSU. Uh, Colorado State is, uh, you know, it's on the road. So I think if you start 3-2, and two, that's mm-hmm. great. Now, here's the problem. There's your four non-conference games in your first five. After that UConn game, it's like – it's. Piper's dreaming upstairs. It is. There's no break, right? I mean, yeah, it's but tough. but you play um, a new coach, a new new coach with South Carolina, new coach with Missouri, and a new coach with Tennessee. Um, you never know. Yeah, I think if you're uh, Vandy again, if you get six wins, it's it's phenomenal. Um, because again, Ole Miss, they play the Mississippi State is their rotational west at home that's possible so we'll see uh, again vandy they're, they're they're just happy to be involved they're just happy to be invited 
And if we had relegation in the SEC, Vanderbilt would be in the Sun Belt. That is true. And they would be bouncing back and forth. Actually, they'd probably be stuck in the Sun Belt forever. That's but, true. But we do not do that. Look at what time States. it is. You know, you said this one's <laughs> going to take like 30 minutes. And I said, no, it's going to take 54. I'm so sorry that we talked about Vanderbilt for 54 Actually, minutes. Actually, your, your uh, detour into Temple is Probably. What, is sorry what about it. that, y'all. So tell tell me what's next. Are we going to keep plugging along these, or are we going to take a little break? I think we have four left. We should, uh, but um, it is SEC Media Days week. That's right. And uh, so we are going to try to do little uh, shorter episodes uh, yeah. every day recapping what happens with Media Days. And uh, honestly, if you're listening to this uh, right now, Media Days has probably already started. That means I'm going to have to edit every episode each day. That's <laughs> oh, right. So much work. Uh, but we're going to uh, we're going to try to get those out uh, each day. Just kind of our our thoughts on the the epic cultural event that is Media Days, mm-hmm. and it's really our dream. I think we know that we accomplish our dream uh, if we one day get to go to media days i think think that's what we want to do with our lives uh but that's really all we have we went 55 minutes on vanderbilt i think we deserve some sort of reward for that i think so too okay well so we'll yeah so look look for uh new shorter podcasts uh throughout the week next week and then we'll come back the next and what and what team pray tell is next on our list i actually have no idea georgia is or Mississippi State. <laughs> I guess the I guess the dear listener will find out. <laughs> or Texas A and M. Or Butler. Or that's not that well, They play both. They play. Okay. I think it's Georgia. I think it is Georgia. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm Ben. I'm Brittany. And it's been you, me, and the SEC. Bye.